another episode of the Rebel Radio Podcast, and man, oh man, oh man, we're doing this show on a Friday night, February 2nd, and uh, not such good news coming out of uh, the Hollywood uh, regions today is we lost Dylan, man, the great Carl Weathers. Yeah, man. Predator, Apollo Creed, Rocky, of course, you know, he was Rocky's nemesis for the first two films for uh, the mutual respect they gained for each other, and he goes to help train him in part three chubbs starting chubbs a, from happy you gilmore know, yeah very notable comedy chief Gar- know, is Carga it from the, yeah is that a legendary comedy it was definitely like yeah it's a one, cult classic comedy it's a cult classic yeah it's it's uh it's definitely i i think it's better than porky's for sure i think a lot there's a lot of people that like porky's and I was like, I think it's people a different are different eras, though. Yeah, it's a di- different era. But I think, uh, I think Happy Gilmore stands up more, and there's still references to it today. But man, uh, is you know we, um, you know we lose celebrities, and obviously we don't know these people. You know, we made a met them at a convention briefly here. There are different mm-hmm. celebrities, but but they become an integral part of your life, especially when you're like we do, we talk movies on the podcast every week and, and we yeah. love film and we love movies. And, and there are certain people, man, that just affect you in a different way. Like, you know, yeah, you didn't know them personally, but you're sad to see them go because of their body of work that exists and the memories they brought you. And like, you know, Bill Paxson was a really hard one a few years ago when we lost him. Um, Stan Lee, of course, the great Stan Lee mm-hmm. um, and Chadwick Boseman was a tough one. And, and and Carl Weathers is a, is a, is a tough one, man. I mean, this guy is not, you know, he's not maybe one of the bigger superstars in the world, but people know who he is. He's that character actor that they're familiar with. He was a former NFL player that played in eight games over two seasons for the Raiders. Now a lot Raiders, of linebacker. Yeah, yeah he, he was super athletic in in school. You know, he was a boxer, a wrestler, but he just didn't have any success in the NFL. But hey. To me, you played eight games in the NFL. That's a minor success. Some people never even make it that far. Exactly. Um, you know, and he uh, went on and he took some acting lessons and acting school and and, uh, and and wanted to be an actor. And that's what he moved on to after his football career and uh, and found success by appearing in uh, Force 10 from Navarone, which was a legendary cast of stars in that film. He had a small part in that. I mean, Harrison Ford, Richard Keel. I mean, there's all kinds of great actors in that film. And then, uh, then he was cast in, in Rocky. And at first, uh, him and Sylvester Stallone weren't really sure, you know, if it was going to work because they had uh, Carl Weathers audition. And he told the casting director, man, I can't work with this chump. Give me a real actor. Who is this guy? And Sylvester's like, oh, well, I'm I'm the lead and I'm directing it. And uh, But Carl Weathers like, oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> obviously it worked out. Film wins the best picture. The film is a legend, is a legendary picture, you know, and to this day, uh-huh. it jump started the career of Sylvester Stallone and and uh, arguably Carl Weathers, you know, to go on to play Apollo in four more films. And and the legacy of that character, Apollo Creed, continues into the Creed films today. Um, you know, then uh then he went on, of course, to play Dylan and Predator, which is a you know, sci-fi classic, and and then uh, and moved into modern era to Star Wars and The Mandalorian, our favorite franchise of all time. Um, mm-hmm. So Carl Weathers is one of those guys that's a pop culture icon um, for some of us, just somebody that we grew up watching on screen. And and uh, Combat Carl in the Toy Story 4 movie, you know, I mean, just a, just a truly a, a, an icon, a legend. 
Yeah, man. I, I used a reference uh, one time in, in, in a work meeting because, uh, you know, we, I, we, I work in manufacturing and we had to tap people manufacturers. Uh, yeah. I know, right. <laughs> and we had to tap up this, uh, tap in this um, one piece of machinery. And I was like, yeah, you know, tap it in tap, tap, tap a -roo. And uh, that's, you know, whenever part of a conversation between uh, Apollo Creed or Apollo Creed, Carl, uh, Weathers. Carl Weathers uh, character in that movie and Adam Sandler. Yeah. And, uh, He's, you know, kind of mocking, you know, Carl Weathers, what he just told him. He's like, just tap it in. Tap, tap, tap. Um, Isn't that funny how you identify an actor with a character he played? You forget their real name sometimes. Like, you yeah. call him Apollo Creed, you know. Or, he's always going to be Apollo. Yeah. He, yeah, man. And and Dylan, you know, and Chubbs. Uh, I guess it just depends on when you grew up and, and what movie you've uh, binge watched them in, right. you know. Uh I definitely see him more as as Apollo, uh, for sure. Um, but man, it's it's. I think that's you know. his iconic role for sure. And, uh, and and tributes poured out today from Adam Sandler and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, all these guys that worked with him in these big films and mm -hmm. across Hollywood, and the tremendous amount of respect for him. Everyone had all good things to say about him. He appeared here in Houston at Compalooza a few years ago, and. Nothing but good things were said about him there and the way he treated fans and was good with people. I remember walking by him and seeing him and thought, hey, there's Carl Withers. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, But uh, he is no longer with us, man, and it sucks. But it is a cycle of life. 76 years old. Just had a birthday in January. Um, so he just turned 76. But, you know, um, he'll be missed, man. But luckily we have his body of work to uh, continue on and uh, enjoy. Yeah. And that's important, you know. And uh, But I do think Apollo's probably his defining role. Yeah, man. That's uh man, I, I always regret, you know, whenever I hear some stuff like this. You know, first it was uh Jason David Frank, and I was like, man, you know, he's you know, I just had a, a chance to get some kind of memento with him and I passed it up. And same for Weathers. Um I ended up getting uh uh Lou Ferrigno instead, and I should have gotten Weathers, man. I think my only regret with that kind of stuff is Stan Lee, really. That's yeah, you're, yours is a big one. Yeah, like, why yeah. didn't I do it? Yeah. But, oh, well. But, you know, can't live in regret, you know. It's true. But uh, True, man. Rest in peace, dude. Yeah, man, for sure. Carl Weathers, man, one of the greats. And uh, not such a fun way to start the show, but important to talk about. Man, he's one of the great ones of our time. And, and you know, it's funny recording um, – Y'all will get the show on Monday, but recording this on February 2nd, Friday night. And, uh, man, what you know, I heard on the radio this morning, they were talking about like it was Groundhog Day Day, right? And, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, like the movie, what do you think about the, uh, you know, like in Philadelphia, man, they still have this groundhog and they haul him out, they put him in a little tuxedo and they do this whole ceremony thing. This has been going on since like 1875 or some fucking shit. Didn't right he, now. uh, he predicted two more weeks of Taylor Swift? Probably, you know, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. And uh, <laughs> but, uh, but 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 in true fashion, the idea is he sees his shadow and he's supposed to predict like six more weeks of winter. From what I read, is he didn't see a shadow this morning, I guess this year. It's like the first time in five years he didn't see a shadow or whatever. So they predict warmer weather is coming. I mean, hell, you can it's already seven degrees here, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, old, I guess old ceremonies like that are kind of fun, but they are kind of silly too, you know. 
Yeah, it's it's silly that we let a uh, a little rodent, you know, <laughs> predict the uh, <laughs> predict the weather. Yeah. Um, but hey, you know, I guess he's doing what the uh, weatherman with uh, salon quality hair is doing. Is that what it is? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but the you know, um, feral. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was interesting that they still do that in Philadelphia to this day, and it and um, I'm sure there's oddball stuff like that across the. Uh, the, the nation that little small towns and that we don't even know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, probably, probably do have some, uh, some oddball ways of, <laughs> you know, predicting things or, uh, you know, maybe they, in one town, they haul out a mule, you know, like, I wonder how many groundhogs they've gone through in over a hundred years. You know, like it's what not generation the same one, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Obviously it's probably not the same one for like two years ago. Like what is the lifespan of a groundhog? You know, I mean, Truck rolls by to get their head smashed in, bam. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, aren't they like lemmings? You know, they like jump off cliffs. Yeah, everyone. I don't think they're real smart animals. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not sure what their lifespan is, but uh, but you know, <laughs> I think you have a better idea getting weather predictions from a brown sock. You know, toss a brown sock out there. Yeah. Let just it predict the weather. Watch the birds or the ocean waves or something and. Yep, that's actually probably more accurate. <laughs> the weather's gonna do, but um, anyway, uh, so that said, man, um, how's your week been? Been okay, yeah, yeah, it's been a good week. Uh, got caught up <laughs> on some, you know, we're, we're talking to Western today, and I started thinking about Westerns that I had not seen, and I had not seen True Grit, I hadn't seen it. What the original or the Cohen Brothers? Oh, both, both. And so I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start modern and work my way back. So I watched the Jeff Bridges um, and. Uh, uh, I'm going to guess Hawk you Hawk. probably like the Coen Brothers one better because it's actually, I think, a better movie. <laughs> I do. I do like it better because they cut out some stuff that didn't need to be shown. Um, whenever you do a remake right, um, you know, I, I think uh, you can definitely get away with making it more concise and they make it concise in the right way. You don't have to show the girl's father dying, Maddie's father dying. Um, You know, they just say, she's like, Oh yep. My father died. This is what happened. You know, you don't have to show her whole family and then go through it. Um, And you know, it just gets right to the relationship between her and rooster and her interactions that, um, you know, end up with, you know, the conclusion that she is the one uh, who also has true grit, not just rooster, um, but also her um, and Labeef. Uh, Haley you know, Seinfeld so good in that movie too. Dude, she is. She's just as good as uh, the, uh, the original actress. I forget her, uh, her mm. name, but I remember she was in one of the, one of the Halloween movies uh, as, as Laurie Strode's mother. Uh, I think Curse of Michael Myers, she was the mom. But, but yeah, I mean, she was, you know, every bit and a little bit more than the original. Uh, I, you know, kudos to the original. Um, the actress in the original is really good as well. Uh, it's, uh, I, I can see why the Duke got a an Oscar for his performance. Uh, I like him in that film, but I think Bridges... I think Bridges did a better job. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, with all due respect to 
you know, the Duke's body of work. We're talking about legendary actors today, body of work, great body of work by the Duke, you know, you know, can't say enough about it. Um, but it's a different time period. And I feel like, uh, Bridges, he's just got that, uh, no, there's something about Bridges, just the way he talks. Yeah, I don't think Jeff Bridges would walk around the sets calling calling Mexicans bad names and other things like John Wayne did. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But he did make some racist ass jokes in Hell or High Water, and he fucking well, pulled it off. You that know, that was a part though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he did it so well. It's like he, you know, he had you laughing. You're like, yeah, this is, you know, this is hilarious. They're like, yeah, probably, probably can't repeat repeat some of that stuff at the workplace but uh man he uh he definitely pulls off so many things uh bridges and i've seen him in comedies and westerns and uh and dramas and man he's he does everything really good i like him i was starting to like him more as an actor now that i start thinking about his body of work um but yeah i watched both the original uh, and that and after i did that uh, I ordered cigars and I bought some bourbon because we're watching Cowboys, man. And they're, you know, it's <laughs> had to. Uh, so I got some wild turkey. And uh, Dude, you yeah. don't even buy good bourbon. Oh, my God. Well, I thought about it. I was like, man, you know what? It's income tax season. Maybe I should get the Jack single barrel. Uh, but I didn't want to spend 50 bucks. So No, I you don't have to spend that much for good whiskey. You get like the... Tennessee honey, that's really good. It's only like thirty dollars a bottle. That's made yeah. by Jack, or yeah, you know, or even just a simple bottle of Crown. That's like thirty dollars. Good, you know. Yeah, you ain't got to go broke, man. Good whiskey. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Whiskey, whiskey uh, yeah, yeah, thirty dollars, yeah. and and not we'll go down the corners for Maggie's some MD twenty twenty. There we go, MD twenty twenty, baby, legend. Um, other than that, I did watch Thanksgiving. I rented it. And watched it um it's uh it was better than i thought it was gonna be uh it's cheesy um i don't see why it's getting a sequel but in other ways i do see why it's getting a sequel because it's unique to the thanksgiving holiday um patrick dempsey being in it is is you know throws me off you know just that he's he's in a horror movie yeah he, he seems a little out of place to me but um yeah, it's okay. You know, there's a bunch of dumb teenager shit in it and ridiculous deaths, um, as are, you know, some things in some of these horror movies. Uh, but for five bucks, it's not a bad rental. Um, other than that, man, I wanted to start watching. I, I told myself I was going to start watching. Um, what's what's the live action anime? can't think think of it right now it's it's eluding me uh that we just did a movie on uh that we just covered the movie on cowboy bebop cowboy bebop yeah i was like why is it why is it slipping my mind mm -hmm. uh i wanted to start watching watching it since i did the uh i finished you haka show i was like you know let me see what you know what this you know why why it got canceled and and you know i'd probably enjoy it more than uh some of the people that didn't enjoy it but mm -hmm. yeah, I, I didn't get to it. I, I'm hoping I can get to it next week and uh, I need to finish echo. Uh, I've got one episode left of echo. Um, it's been getting mixed reviews, um, but it has a lower budget, you know, so maybe that counted for something, you know, it being a, uh, a fraction of the budget as, you know, 
as a secret invasion and um and she hulk which both of those were like 200 million and this one's 40 million so maybe that's the way to go though you know at least you don't spend all that money and then it's not doing so hot on your streaming service all right yeah um man i am um, well i may want to say i slacked off this week i i uh Continue my I, man. People are going to be sick of hearing us talk Godzilla by the end of this year with, with <laughs> the seven with the 70th anniversary. Oh yeah, up. black and white. And and doing we're going to do some Godzilla movies this year. But uh, I watched. Uh, I continued down my rabbit hole watching the movies in order, and I watched uh, Godzilla vs. Hedera. Um, this is about the point where the movie was really go off the deep end, even more than they already had. I'm telling you, those 1970s drugs in Japan must have been some good shit. Because it's fucking weird. Is that the it's, trash monster one? It's sort of like a sludge monster, yeah, type. Yeah, thing. he's got like these weird vagina eyes, and yeah, and the, I remember it's really that just it doesn't make any sense at all. Things are just sort of happening. You're like, what's going on? Godzilla shows up and waves his arm and roars and tries to fight this thing, and it's just there's like a family thrown in it just to give it a human element. It's um, I'm not really. But it's strange because people tend to like it. It leans towards being a silly favorite of Godzilla fans. I don't. Mm -hmm. I didn't hate it, but it was just like it feels just really out of place. It's just mm -hmm. a bizarre movie. Um, I so, remember the human story being confusing in that one. Like there's yeah, a, it's like there's like a double cross or you know it's weird. It's and, like and, and you, like it comes out of the blue. Yeah, it's strange and it really is. It's just it doesn't really make a lot of sense and it's it's cool. I mean, like I said, it's part of the the. The journey of, of watching these movies so you know accept it for what it is and uh mm -hmm. um i watched that and then i watched um i think that's all i really watched this week besides uh went and saw minus one and minus color in black and white yeah which was a uh i wasn't sure how i'd feel about that going in i kind of went to this with the idea because my eight-year-old wyatt loves godzilla right and he um I want to give him the experience because sometimes that's what it's about. It's not so much, Oh, going to see a movie twice. I want him to have those experiences that I had. I remember my dad taking me to see, you know, they used to have double features of movies. And I think I talked about this last week or the week before, mm -hmm. you know, where you go see a double feature of an old Sinbad movie and clash of the Titans or Godzilla or whatever. And um, so, you know, I'm, I wanted to go see the black and white and why it was excited. And he was just as enthralled the second time. And I was too, I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it, but man, this movie it was almost like it's watching the same movie, but it felt different. Like it really is a different vibe in black and white. Mm -hmm. One thing I found, because you're not focused on the visuals, I found I focused on the human story more. And there were some things I may have not, little quirks I might have missed the first time that I saw the second time. Like how great some of the small humor is. And it's not laugh out loud humor, but it's, it's the kind of humor that's humanizing these characters. That's making it in this horrible situation they're in. To have a bit of a sense of humor to deal with what they're dealing with and i may yeah. not have noticed that the first time um the godzilla scenes are terrifying more in black and white because he's just very scary looking uh the fact that they yeah. didn't just monochrome this film that they went in and they actually you could tell the blacks and grays did not blend together you could tell it looked like you know it really looked like an old black and white movie i mean really it had a, like if you go watch like uh some of the modern stuff that they've monochromed like like Logan, when they did the black and white version of Logan, all they did was drop a monochrome uh, filter over, and it doesn't look good. Godzilla minus one minus color looks fantastic. 
Um, and it's still, I stand strongly behind it. This is my movie of the year for 2023, like I already said. Um, I loved it the second time. I can't wait to own it. It's a day one buy for me easily because it's 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 fantastic. And I know you went and checked it out in black and white too. Yeah, yeah. I took my uh, took my oldest uh, again, um, and you know, I got a. Uh, at first, I, I I didn't know if I was going to do it, um, but I had a a free movie ticket um, with my subscription, and then I got thrown a free XD upgrade, and I was like. All right, say no more. Say no more. I'm going. Uh, and and uh, you know we got some some Whataburger before you know and uh, went over there and and watched it. And I think you're right. Whenever you take the color out, I think you start focusing on other things, um, or it makes it makes it easier to focus on other things. Um, and you start picking up. Uh, you know, that's, I mean, not, that's not the point you made, but you start picking up on other things. Um, I think, uh, you know, and, uh, definitely the camaraderie on the boat, uh, is probably what stuck out more. Uh, I, I think it took away for me watching it a second time, took away from, uh, the surprise at the end, of course, uh, you know, where he hits the ejector seat. Um, but you do, you do notice some other things. Uh, and and pick up on um, some of, some of the relationship stuff, uh, and I do like how all the the grays and the and the blacks and the whites uh, just kind of mixed, and and how Godzilla looked, they uh, made him look a lot less modern, but still modernish the way he was animated, um, and uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it was definitely a unique experience, um, and. I think they're still playing it up until uh no last night week? was the last night oh, yeah, it's out of theaters as of last night i saw it going into february i thought maybe it was yeah, totally which makes no week. sense there's nothing else coming out it's like you know the movie still made another three or four million this week i mean yeah with the black and white version were uh, they I mean, afraid it, of argyle maybe i don't know it is theatrical run with 105 million worldwide 55 of that domestically i mean just an incredible run yeah number number one live action japanese film Ever released in the U.S. Number three foreign language film, uh, just a huge success for a film that, uh, and it blows my mind. Thirty-five effects artists, including the director, just six hundred effect shots in that entire film. And to put that in perspective, a Star Wars film probably has a thousand effect shots with three or four hundred animators, with a budget of two hundred million. They did this movie for fifteen million uh, with thirty-five effects artists, including the director himself, and six hundred shots going to have these other studios like jeff bridges whenever he's talking to the scientists tony stark built this in a cave with a box of scraps you know <laughs> godzilla made this with with a box of scraps you know <laughs> what are you guys doing i guess <laughs> you know but uh, you know, yeah i mean yeah. It's, it's uh just amazing um it blows my mind man how they were able to do that and, uh, they should have kept it man they should have kept it argyle only made 1.7 million and pre-sale tickets for the Thursday early showing. That movie just looked too quirky and weird to appeal to mass audiences anyways. Yeah. It looks yeah. like one of those fun films that goes up against like a really good film. And you're like, oh, that looks like a fun film, but it's going to get murdered. Yeah, they should have given black the black and white minus color at least a two-week run. But, you yeah. Know. And I can understand taking it out of theaters Super Bowl Valentine's weekend because, you know, you're probably going to have 
that I don't know if there's any chick flicks come out or not. You know, I'm not really sure. That's not my that's not my thing. It's a romance, man. Minus one is a romance too. That's right. That's it's right. all dude, it's it's so many things into one. That's what's crazy about it. I'm I mean, I'm joking, but I'm I'm serious, you know. It's no. like this thing is a freaking Swiss well, army knife. It's got a it's not just a great yeah. Godzilla film, it's a great film. It really is. Yeah. I mean, um, and I realized how good it was rewatching the second time. I'm like, man, this is just a good, good film. Good characters, good story, and good monster action. Yeah, man. And really well done. And the people are gonna, like I said, gonna get sick of hearing us talk about Godzilla, but I don't fucking care. Yeah. Giant lizards. <laughs> now but now I'm ready for March 29th and to go down the rabbit hole of a fun Godzilla movie and see Godzilla calling the new empire. You know, I know it's going to be kind of just ridiculous and fun, but I, I'm okay with that. You know, I hope Godzilla's on a freaking skateboard with sunglasses on and a beanie. And he's drinking like, a Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Drinking a Dr. Pepper and, you know, just using atomic breath, you know, <laughs> all, all over the place. I, I'm for it. I'm all for it. It'll be cool. Yeah. Um, so on that note, we will get into today's featured film, <laughs> which yes. is a um, completely different genre than sci-fi monsters and actions. Um, a movie that came out in 1985, directed by Lawrence Kasson, who was a big-time screenwriter at the time, helped write Return of the Jedi and um, helped write uh, several things for Lucasfilm over the years and other studios. And and uh, he did some directing in his time, so he put together this cast uh, to make this Western. I mean, you know, Danny Glover, Kevin Costner, Scott Glenn. Kevin Klein. I mean, just a uh, Roseanne Arquette, even though her part was severely cut. Yeah. Um, you know, just uh, brought the great, the late great Brian Denny, who uh, plays uh, a wonderful snarky villain in this. You know, oh, um, yeah. Just uh, a cast um, in 1985, which was just you see that on the the paper sheet, and you're like, wow, this I've got to see this, and that is the Western Silverado. Um, Matt, this is your first time viewing this movie, man. And uh, so I'm going to let you give it a quick summary. Yeah. It's like, it's five cowboys, right? I'm like, I'm trying to do the math in my head. Yeah. Glover. Yeah. Yeah. I the think it's five. Brothers. Okay. Well, the two, two brothers, brothers, Payton and Glover. And well, basically four. But then they have the other guy. Um, well, Glover's character's dad for a little bit. Oh, yeah. 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 So. Um, this group, basically group of mis misfits that find each other, uh, you know, Klein's characters in red pajamas, which I think the writer. Because he got uh, robbed. Huh? Yeah, because he got robbed. Uh, kind of like just came up with this idea of one of the cowboys meeting the other one with, with, because he was in his long johns in the desert. Um, so they put that in, uh, you know, filmed in. Uh, this is a Colorado town, but it's filmed in New Mexico, which they're. Like where the right. famous movie set is, yeah, yeah, uh, and you know they all meet, you know, come up on this town. Um, they uh, they get some money for um, the traveling. It, these people they're, they're traveling separate of the town, right? Or they're they're mm -hmm. part of the town. Uh, that's one part I kind of got confused on because it just kind of wraps. Silverado's around. not to jump the gun, but Silverado is a good movie, but its biggest issue is way too many characters yeah yeah that's what kind of screwed me up the the townspeople yeah it's like following the gunslingers is easy um right. and their individual relationships um but essentially um there's a corrupt town ran by a corrupt sheriff and they essentially save the town 
um, and uh, and write everything. Uh, there's a there's a badass gunslinging uh, at the end because uh, Klein's character is a uh, you know used to run with the sheriff and you know he he cares. He's got he's a hard he's a hardened man. He's he's done some bad stuff, but he's got a heart of gold apparently, and uh, he's got it out for Starlight. Um, <laughs> and a short short little bar barmaid uh and he's gonna protect her um even though he's protecting the town he's really protecting her but he takes out the sheriff in the end uh costner he plays a nice uh rowdy that's a weird weird role for costner uh he's uh he's pretty rowdy and energetic and riled up and even talked about it how uh it was you know it was he called it a juiced up, you know, he was playing a juiced up guy and he thought whenever he got the role, he was going to be more of the lead man. And, you know, it was hard for him at first to accept this role, um, not being the lead, but he saw how everything, um, kind of fit together. Um, and then Scott Glenn's character, he's, he's a badass. Um, well, him and Costner, him and Jake are brothers in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he knows, he knows whenever, um, you know, Jake gets captured. So there's a big plot. They're trying to, uh, get Klein's character to just sit beside sheriff thinks that he can control him and kind of get to the, uh, uh, the three others, um, and, and throw Glover's character in jail while, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character comes into town and kind of like, you know, uses his sister for his own personal gain. Uh, you know, Glover gets thrown into jail. Um, he's going to get hung, hanged. Uh, his sister breaks him out, but not before she gets shot. Um, because Goldblum, son of a bitch, he double crosses him. Um, so that's, that's his conflict. And then Jake, you know, he kissed the wrong girl. He's always kissing the wrong girls. <laughs> you know, Costner. Yeah, man. He's, he's, uh, he's wild. Glenn, he's more of the, he's definitely plays that older brother type really mm -hmm. well. Um, he's, you know, he's responsible for the most part. Um, he's, uh, he's not as immature as, as Costner's character is. Um, and, and he definitely has that older brother aspect where he, he just knows his brother. Uh, and whenever he, uh, he rescues Augie because while they're, you know, trying to, which is their nephew, which is their nephew. Yeah. Um, he uh he's he's like oh jake jumped off a horse and fell off a cliff and he's like he fell off his horse and he's like he's like i know i know nothing happened and then sure enough jake's alive uh he knows his brother so i think uh the way the acting is in this film it's uh it's not only of uh your 80s um western genre um like like in the same vein as young guns um maybe it's uh you know it's also some good acting man uh, these well, people yeah, I, know their roles and i'd argue this really is well. a better this is a better movie than young guns I think. yeah yeah oh definitely um i think uh it's a I, i'm i'm surprised it didn't do better than it than it I did mean, it did 32 million which is still a lot of money back then because it was an expensive western with the cast and everything it was about 22 million to make it it didn't make a ton of money back over its budget um i wonder if it would get royalties for the set you know they reused it a lot or i yeah. realized and yeah you know and this was supposed to be a big budget 
Hollywood Western was expected to be much bigger. I didn't get a chance to look up what it went up against, just so maybe why it didn't, because it did. It made a lot of its money in the first couple of weeks. So it didn't have like longevity in theaters. It had a couple of good weekends and and um, but you know uh, I think it might have been a timing thing. But but you know the cast is extraordinary, like as we already mentioned with all these guys in it. Um, I think it, I think it was an Oscar winner too for best uh, original score, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know Brian Denny plays a really snarky sheriff villain who's really good in the movie. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, like you said, he plays slick in this, and he's uh, another sleazeball of a character. I mean, Goldblum had quite a career over these three years. You know, he had Buckaroo Banzai, and then he had this, and then he had The Fly. I mean, Goldblum was just one one thing after another for a few years there. Um, Costner, yes, this was one of his early roles. He thought it was going to be his first big lead role, but he ended mm-hmm. up getting a secondary part, but he took it. And Scott Glenn was messing with me the entire time, calling a movie star. What's up, movie star? <laughs> he could tell that this guy was going to be a big star. And he, he was right. You know, years later, Costner is one of our biggest stars on the planet. Um, you know, uh, yes. Yeah. Wolves. Which, strangely, Lawrence Kasten also directed Costner in White Earp. Yes. Um, you know, and yeah, it's hard to believe that this is just six years before he makes Dance of the Wolves, you know, best picture winner. Uh, and, you know, seven, eight years before, you know, uh, uh, I mean, I, what was his next Robin Hood? 90, oh, yeah, Robin Hood. 92 or 93, you know, so yeah, yeah, 91, a year after Dance of the Wolves. So yeah, Costner definitely was on his way to stardom after this film. And and uh, I kind of like his juiced up Cowboy Jake, you know, in a way. It, it kind of gives the film a uh, sense of fun, you know. And this is one of those Western movies that it's very, it has all the Western cliches in it. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But it's also, it's not as dark and serious as some of the Eastwood movies were. Um, you know, and, and yeah, there's, there's stakes in this movie. Don't get me wrong. I mean, people will die and there's things mm-hmm. at stake, but at the same time, it kind of, um, it's kind of a throwback to the old cowboy movies where like, you weren't really worried about one of the cowboys dying. You know, you're like, you knew they were going to be heroes at the end of the day. Exactly. And I kind of like that, you know, with Jake, I really like the scene where, um, and I was thinking about this too. What were the odds that we've done two movies within six weeks with Jeff Fahey in them? I mean, that's pretty rare. I mean, Jeff Fahey's not exactly in everything, but we did a lead in and now he's in this. And uh yeah, and I really like to see where he where he checks Fahey and the other guy in the saloon, he backs up the saloon and says, Hey, and shoots them both on, on the sidewalk. He got the best of them. Yeah, and that's what I like about yeah. Jake's character. He was always um kind of goofy, but he also seemed to be a step ahead, you know. And uh, and it works. And I think his goofiness played off of uh Scott Glenn's character Emmett's seriousness works really well in this movie. And yeah. You have to have that that uh, clash of of characters. They can all be, you know, like Jake, you know, because yeah. it just doesn't work that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and I think, like you said, if you focus on the characters of Jake, Peyton, Emmett, and Mal, you, the movie is is really good. And and then, but the Silverado does have a lot of characters in it, uh, and sometimes it's hard to keep up. Like, wait, who? Where do they? Where do these townspeople? Then they're visiting. Jake and Emmett's sister, and you're like, wait a minute, okay, where are they at now? And I think that's where, and it feels like Patricia, Rosanna Arquette has talked about how she's filmed a lot more stuff that got cut. So mm-hmm. it may this feels like one of those at what like they were going to make a more possibly a really epic western, maybe more to the three hour mark, and maybe some stuff was cut because even wow. Danny, even Danny Glover's talked about some other scenes that were filmed on his land with his father that were cut from the movie also. Uh, so it feels like there might have been some things cut from this film. But the edit that is there 
it's still pretty solid. I mean, I think Silverado works in so many ways for a fun Western. Um, it still tells a good story. Um, you just got to be careful not to get lost in the multiple characters that are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, like like we mentioned Jeff Goldblum's character is Slick. What happens if Slick's not in this movie? Nothing. Nothing. The movie doesn't really change. Yeah. You know, uh, His and, character really only serves to double-cross Danny Glover. Yeah, that's it. But you could not have him in the movie, and you can still tell the same story. Um, where there are characters like Mal's sister getting introduced is important to drive Mal's character, especially after all, already losing his father, you know, um, and to get their land back from the um, from the uh, cowboys that stole the land. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's another problem, though, like Roseanne Arquette's character. She's just sort of in there to flirt with the cowboys, and because her parts were cut, she's another character. If she's not there, the film still exists. Uh, exactly. And that's where some of Silverado's problems do lie is, is multiple characters. But but somehow, despite lots of characters and some obvious cutting room floor stuff, the movie still is extremely entertaining. And I've always liked this Western. And I've wanted to do it on the show. And I was like, we finally found a spot to put it in. Um, it's it's one that I remember watching when I was younger on Saturday matinees. It's one of those old kind of Westerns. Mm-hmm. And just uh, and always have enjoyed it. you know. And, and I think it's a fun film. And I'm, it's cool that it's on like Netflix now, and people uh, are hopefully finding this movie if they've never seen it before. Yeah, no, it's a, it's it's a film that I hadn't watched, and I'm pretty sure it's been on TV. Oh, yeah, you know, streaming somewhere. Uh, uh, you know, TCM. Um, that's where all the you know they they play Rio Lobo, Rio Bravo, right. um, all those films. Big Jake. Um, it was probably on there at one point. Um, but this is, this is a fun Western. It's like you said, it's not a, a Clint Eastwood film. It's not that dark. Um, it's, it's kind of in the same vein as young guns, but better. Um, uh, and it does a, you know, a really good job of bringing, um, a group of, of gunslingers together, different personalities, different things going on. And they save a town. It's classic Western stuff, you know, yeah. um, saving the town and, uh, and, you know, bringing forth uh, justice, even against uh, lawmen. That's the crazy right. part. You know, they're all, they're all sheriff's deputies. <laughs> so it's like, I'm surprised that there wasn't like a follow-up, you know, where yeah. friggin' marshals are after them. And yeah. And they built those sets and which still stand today. Their tourism attractions, movies are still shot there. You know, they went on to use those sets of Young Guns, Lonesome Dove, arguably one of the most popular westerns of all time. Um, I don't think, I don't think Tombstone was shot there. I think Tombstone used the actual uh, Tombstone, Arizona sets, but lots of westerns have been shot there and, and other films and, and TV shows. So the sets still stand to this day, and they were all made for Silverado. Um, it's funny because uh, I had it on, and, and Wyatt was in the room. He's like. Man, these are pretty good special effects. I'm like, why? This isn't special effects. This is 1985. This is all pre- real effects. Last man real- standing. They use real Earth. horses. Yeah, yeah. They use. I knew they use wider for it. it Wild Wild West, the that horrible movie. Yeah, let's not talk. Well, I mean, it did have Selma Hayek's butt in it for a second. That's true. I mean, that's about it, and that's about the only redeeming quality of Wild Wild West. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, that movie. Was- oh, uh, John Cleese. Yeah, John man. John, yeah, John Cleese is weirdly in this movie. Shows up, even makes a Monty Python joke. Um, 
which is kind of some people don't know that, but when he walks in and the first line he says is kind of out of Monty Python. And uh, yeah, it's it's weird. He plays kind of a sleazeball sheriff who wants to act tough, but when the tough gets going, he's like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> he just wants to get his paycheck and wear his badge and keep his yep. nice trim beard. Um, you know, and I forgot that, he, that John Cleese in this movie, um, which is kind of a, it's kind of weird because you don't expect him just to appear in American Western. But yeah, there he is in this movie. You know, it's kind of cool. Um, and he's only in it for a short time, and then he's kind of doesn't really show back up in the movie. Um, but it again, that's another you you could cut out that first 10 minutes of the movie, it only serves a purpose for Emmett to meet Peyton. But in other natural snow, you could have done that without them being chased by them and all that. But you know, again, Western cliches that's what Silverado is a lot about. Like, let's make a point a to point b to point c western movie and put it out there for american audiences and try to bring the western back to america in 1985 that's literally what this movie tried to do so you can see why they did all those things and it works on a lot of levels i I don't want to say it was unsuccessful i mean 32 million still successful on a budget like i think i read 22 million or something like that so it didn't make a ton of money but they were expecting it to make more you know it was supposed to be this big thing um but it's found its home on home video and, and streaming services now and, uh, you know, 30 years later, almost 40 years later, I think it's still uh, a solid film. No, I have, I have to agree, man. It was, uh, it was a nice surprise for me. And uh, definitely going to have to add this uh, to my collection somewhere down the line. Yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a good afternoon watch, man. You just want to watch something relaxing and fun. And, and that's kind of what uh, Silverado is, I think. Just a, just a fun Western. Um, you know, it's a genre that I've always loved you know, Westerns and, and, um, you know, and, and Hollywood still doesn't make a lot of them anymore, but, but we have the ones we do have. And, and Silverado is up there with some of the good, one of the, one of the good ones, one of the good American Westerns. Yeah, man. I think, man, what's the last Western that's come out the, the old way. Yeah. But now you got I mean, yeah, no, the last successful Western. Yeah. The last successful one. I mean, there has been a lot. Maybe it was True Grit because that was 2013, 2012, 2011. Yeah, somewhere around there. I'm then sure right before something. that, it was like 310 to Yuma, 09. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's been something. I mean, there's been neo-Westerns like Hell or High Water. Those are, you know. Yeah. The, yeah, the neo-Western genre. But, uh, yeah, Westerns, man, it's, uh, you know, they'll have their ride back into the sunset one day. You know, it's a genre that I think will never truly die because it's an important part of the American past. And, and I think that uh, we'll get more eventually. Yeah, that's okay. But um, yeah, man. So let's, um, let's talk next week's film. We are going to, we, 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 we ad lib this. This wasn't the plans next week, but we're going to ad lib and do a rope a dope twist around, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And we're going to pay our tributes next week to the great Carl Weathers um, by covering the movie that, Matt was surprised we had it done before, but no, Matt, we only did part one and two. So next week we are going to cover Rocky three. Now, when we fought, you had that eye of the tiger, man, the edge. And now you've got to get it back. And the way to get it back is to go back to the beginning. You know what I mean? United Artists and Chartoff Winkler proudly present Rocky Three. The worst thing happened to you 
that could happen to any fighter. You got civilized. Get out of here, will you? The truth is, we both started out on the same corner, and I got lucky with my life, and it's driving you nuts. Philadelphia salutes its favorite son, Rocky Balboa. Why don't you tell all these nice folks why you've been ducking me? This guy is a wrecking machine. You know, you've got a big mouth. Why don't you come out and close it, Balboa? Come on. I want to fight this guy. You fight him without me. Come on, Balboa. Balboa was a fine champion, but his time has passed. See that look in their eyes, Rock? Gotta get that look back, Rock. I the tiger, come on. I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. I'm gonna torture him. I'm gonna crucify him real bad. For the first time in my life, I'm afraid. Damn, Rock, come on! There's nothing wrong with being afraid. You thought I was tough, this jump will kill you. You wake up after a few years thinking you're a winner, but you're not. There is no tomorrow. You're really a loser. Well, I don't believe it. There is no tomorrow. Come on, come on, come on. Rocky's greatest challenge, to save his honor, his marriage, and his manhood against his most devastating and dangerous opponent. Bust you up. Go for it. Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burgess Meredith, Carl Weathers, Burt Young, and introducing Mr. T. Rocky III, an American tradition. Yep, we're going to go down. We're going to have Rocky fight Mr. T, Clubber Lang, have him lose, have Mickey die, have the great speech from Mickey before he dies, and then Apollo comes in and trains Rocky, and he goes back and he gets the title belt back. And we're and I just summarized Rocky three before we even do the movie next week. There you go. But, Boom. But, uh, but, uh, but, man, it just felt like the right time. Let, let's do a Carl Weathers movie the week after uh, we lost the legend. And uh, so next week on the show, we're going to cover Rocky three. And um, so you got a week to get caught up with. If you haven't seen Rocky 1 and 2, watch them. They're on HBO Max. And if you haven't watched Rocky and you're – what are you waiting for? I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah. It's a it's a legendary story yeah. about an underdog directed by an underdog. Yeah, who was uh, told no by several studios. He couldn't start it, and they kept offering him only $12,000 or whatever, and he held out. He ended up getting 25000 I think is what it was, and – Got the agreement to start in the film, and the rest is history, as they say. That's right. I mean, he was literally sleeping in his car and had nowhere to go trying to sell this movie script. And now still trying to sell his turtles. Yeah. Sell his turtles to to get a little bit of pocket change. And now Stallone is one of our biggest stars in the world. And uh, so we're going to talk Rocky Three next week and uh, on the show. So so that should be a fun one. Um, But until then, the rebelradiopodcast.com for all your rebel radio needs, as always. And uh, we thank you for listening. And until next time, this has been Mark. This has been Matt. Remember, as always, just go there and go do there it. and do it.